Amen. We'll go ahead and grab a seat. As you do, I'd invite you to find your Bible. Hopefully you uh, brought one. If you didn't, um, we have one that you can use underneath one of the seats in front of you. Um, If you don't own a Bible, you can certainly take that home. That is our uh, gift to you. We'd love for you to see what we are looking at this morning in God's Word. Uh, I don't want you to take my word for it. This is what we do each and every week is we want to open God's Word. And this morning, we are going to start with just one verse. And I don't often do this. Um, this is uh, kind of unique. I'm going to explain why in a minute. But we're, gonna, we're starting a brand new series this morning where we're going to, for the next several weeks, look at the subject of prayer. We're calling it Devoted to Prayer. And uh, what we see here in this verse is this call to prayer uh, for us as uh, believers. And uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, this is something that is, uh, I'm guessing, uh, part of your life in some capacity, some form or function, there's, there's prayer uh, there. But the question is, um, are we devoted to it? Is that the descriptive that we would uh, use for it? And uh, the reason, if I could, just kind of explain why I think this is a timely and important series for us to um, jump into together is, uh, you know, together as a church and, and just not even as a church, just like in this world, <laughs> we have walked through such a unique season in time. And I don't know about you, but I, um, I find myself like oscillating back before between like just kind of discouraged and sort of, you know, and then like, um, you know, just sort of apathetic toward it and just thinking, oh man, you know, and, and I was thinking back even a year ago, like we were walking through the book of Nehemiah and we were talking about what it means to rebuild and what it means to this mission that we're on as a church and none of that has changed. Like we are still called to be the church and to uh, grow in community with one another and to invest into uh, those relationships around us, to worship and to lift high the name of of Jesus uh, together. And so all of that is continuing to happen. But what I've realized more and more and more is that we need God's help in that journey. We need him to do the work. It's not something that you and I create. And that's what we've been trying to do over the summer is just to put our eyes back on God and all that he has for us, all the ways that he um, has worked, has promised to work, is going to work. And so we just finished up this series looking at the promises of God and seeing things about his character and what are, what are things that are, are always true about God. And so as we started to look toward uh, the fall, for us, the fall, just to be clear, the fall around our church is kind of the start of our, what we call our, just our ministry year. Uh, different uh, ministries kind of ramp back up. Small groups kind of return to a more regular schedule. Um, there's some new ministries that usually launch, and we've got uh, just some exciting things in the works for the fall. But as we approach fall... We want to prepare and be ready for that and asking that God would be doing that work and we want to do that through prayer. This is the avenue by which God has given us um, to approach him and it's one of our pillars, it's one of our um, foundational elements of who we are as a church. We say that we are about the unceasing prayer of God's people and uh, we like to say it this way is that we believe firmly in the power of prayer And prayer is one of those things that you have to continue to bring up, continue to talk about. Um, And and so just some reminders this morning is what we're uh, kind of beginning with uh, this morning. And if you've never prayed or you're new to the faith, if you're uh, just kind of beginning to look into what is this... uh, what, it, what does it mean to be, have a relationship with Jesus, or what's the Bible all about, or, or what is this, then, then this is a great place to start to see what it is um, that God has shown us about prayer. And if I could, I'd love to sort of frame up this idea around devotion to prayer uh, by uh, looking at something that's been happening over the last couple weeks that um, I'm sure you've caught at least parts of or pieces of, and that is the Olympics, 
right? They have been happening there in Tokyo, and today is the final day. Technically, the final day is already over, right, in real time. Uh, that happened uh, 7 a.m. for us this morning. Uh, it was their evening. Um, but if you haven't caught any of the Olympics, you have one more day. There's like all the final coverages today. The closing ceremonies are going to replay tonight, so you get to see them uh, tonight. But over the last couple weeks, all these athletes have been competing um, here's one athlete who, uh, who's been competing. Her name is uh, Sydney uh, McLaughlin, and she is a uh, new world record holder. Uh, she runs uh, track and field. She uh, competed in the 400-meter hurdles, and I'll just steal a little bit of the excitement. Um, if you haven't heard or haven't been following, she uh, set a brand-new world record, uh, won the gold, obviously, and, um, and, and just had an incredible race. It's, it's only one lap around the track, so why don't we watch it and just see the excitement um, of, of this race. Check this out. Amazing, right? Like, and that's why we watch that stuff is because it's so thrilling. I mean, that's the fastest that anybody has ever done that in the history of, uh, of, of a human race, right? And it's incredible. Like some of the things, and you know, it wasn't Sydney's first day on the track, uh, she has devoted herself toward that sport, toward running, toward all of that, uh, probably since she was a very, very uh, young girl. Uh, very few start later in life. It's something um, that happens. And it's not just like her. She's just one example, which pretty cool example too. I mean, after she was done, she um, had many things to say about her faith and, and giving glory to God and all the ways that he has worked in her to bring her to this place. And so that was super cool. But, but there are nearly 12,000, 11,000, 656 other athletes um, that were competing in the Olympics this year. Um, so of those, uh, of those, there were 339 events in 33 sports, which I don't know how the math breaks down on that. I feel like every year they're inventing and kind of making up new, I'm like, this is, a, this is an Olympic sport? Like, but th they all fall into the category of 33 sports. I feel like there's like 339 different sports. But anyways, I, I'm, someone can explain that to me later how that all works out. But in all of those cases, nobody got there without a devotion to their craft, to the sport, to their fitness, to the routines, to the training, to the regiment. All of it um, required devotion. See, the word that we're going to look at this morning and really um, kind of build from over this uh, coming weeks and from this series is this idea about being devoted, to being devoted to prayer. This is what we're called to do. This is what the church is called, is, is this devotion to it. And as we start this new series this morning, I wonder, can we just begin with maybe a little question, would you be described as devoted to prayer? If someone were to examine your life and see that, is that, is that an area of devotion for you? Now, let's be clear. Um, I use the example of the Olympics and that devotion. I'm not saying that you have maybe the Olympic level of faith, right? There's a lot of people that were devoted to those sports that didn't make it uh, to the Olympics. There's a lot of people that kind of devoted themselves and put the time in and put the energy, but this, this devotion uh, to such a thing, would that be said of us when it comes to prayer? The passage that we're going to be looking at this morning and um, is kind of where we're building our series from is Colossians 4, chapter, um, uh, verse 2, which uh, says this. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, because I preach from the ESV, I chose to still put the ESV translation up there. But that word there, continue steadfastly, is translated in several other places to devoted. Some of your uh, Bibles, depending on what translation you have, will have that word devoted, to be devoted to, devote yourselves to prayer 
being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And where I want to begin this morning is maybe a little bit different place than um, we might expect or that I was even uh, planning on to originally, but I want to begin with the practical parts of prayer. That's where we want to uh, start. And, um, you know, here's the thing is that uh, there's a lot of like places that we could go in this series on prayer. A lot of what we're going to be talking about, hopefully, for those of you who have been in the church or been um, walking with the Lord for any length of time, these are going to be reminders for you this morning. But my hope is that we're going to walk away with some new stuff as well. But a lot of what we could say about prayer would kind of fall in the categories of either why or how. Like why we pray, what are the motives of prayer, what what happens when we pray, um, why, why do we pray, and then the how of like, well, what does it look like to pray? And and practically speaking, um, you know, what, how, how do I do that? How do I grow in that? All of that. There's kind of this why and this how. And my original plan was to begin with the why. And then we're going to take a couple weeks and talk about the why and what that looks like. And then we kind of move to the how. Like, because you've got sort of the motivation, you understand the, the value of it, you have all of this down, then kind of moving into this place of, okay, now here's how I pray, and let's be reminded about that. But what I was really kind of challenged by this week in thinking about this is I actually want to start in a different place, if you'll allow me, this morning. I want to actually start this morning with the how. Because a lot of us, if we're honest... A lot of us would say, no, no, I, I think prayer is important. I want to pray more. And so maybe what we need is a little bit of a checkup, a little bit of check-in, and just say, okay, how's it going then? What does that look like? But then also, maybe what's going to help is just some reminders of some of the tools that are at our disposal to be able to pray, that we would be able to say that, yes, I am fully devoted to prayer in my life. And so we want to begin with the how of prayer this morning. And the reason for that is then, as we talk about the why over the coming weeks, is that already you've got some of those tools that you can reach for and that you can use, that you can apply, and that you don't have to wait for that to begin kind of digging into, returning, ramping up your time in prayer, but you can start this morning. And so I'm going to teach on a, just a much more sort of practical, and I would also kind of put the caveat um, of a more topical way than I typically do. We are kind of go-to method and, and, and way of preaching through God's word is we call it, it's, it's called expositional preaching, expository preaching, where we sort of walk our way through a book or a passage and sort of the outline and the application and everything sort of flows from the passage. This morning, I just want to kind of drill in on one verse and we want to unpack particularly this word devoted or continue steadfastly. What does that look like in prayer. How do we do that? How do we do that? So if you'll allow me to sort of break form a little bit, you're going to be like, wait, this isn't how we usually, it's, it's all with intentionality, okay? That's what we're doing. It's okay. We're not going to do this every week. It's not always going to look like this. But if you could, I, or if you would, I would love to kind of begin from this practical place of prayer. Because I believe this, I believe that we are called to devote ourselves to that. We want to get after this idea of devotion. And so let me, uh, let me pray, and then we're going to jump into and work, walk our way through God's word uh, together. Would you just pray with me as we uh, talk about prayer? God, thank you. Thank you for the gift that prayer is. Lord, we know that you have heard our prayers this morning, that even now as I lift my voice and we uh, turn our hearts toward you, that you can hear the the thoughts, um, God, the meditations of our, our, our hearts, Lord, that we can speak and you are listening as we've just declared. And so, God, we want to grow in our desire to pray. We want to grow in our 
willingness and, and ability to pray. And um, Father, that, that there would be nothing that would hinder us from coming to you in prayer. We recognize our need and our desire for prayer. And so, God, would you grow us in this, we ask. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. All right, well, here's what I want to do is, um, I said, I want to kind of use this verse and kind of spring from this verse. And here's why. is because, uh, if, hopefully you still have your Bible open to Colossians 4, chapter 2. Or sorry, chapter 4, verse 2. Um, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer. That word there that is continue steadfastly is used 10 times in the New Testament. Um, a couple times it refers to um, like kind of dedicated towards service. So it like talks about these boats that were devoted for, for Jesus to be able to use. They were available for him, right? Another time it talks about um, praying for uh, leaders in government because they are devoted to or rather they're assigned to this position of leadership that God has allowed for them. But the uh, most common use, the five out of the 10, is always referring to prayer. Every time, be devoted and then it refers to prayer. Let me show it to you. Here's the five places that we see this word, the same word uh, being used in prayer. It's uh, Acts chapter um, 1, uh, verse 14. It says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and, the Mary, uh, and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now, if you um, kind of know where this is in the storyline and kind of the timeline, this is before the church has even officially begun. Um, this is, uh, God is, is still sending his Holy Spirit, but yet already they're gathering and they are devoting themselves to prayer with one another. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see this uh, same word again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. That's um, actually, we're going to come back to this in the coming weeks. The fact that there's a, an article there. Um, it's not just prayer in general, but the prayers. And so there's some form and some structure to it and the way that they're doing it, but they were devoted to it. That was the descriptor of their attention and focus toward that. Acts 6, 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Romans 12, 12, the same word used again, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. Here it is, be constant in prayer. Some translations, be devoted in prayer. And then our verse that we're uh, kind of looking at primarily today is this continue steadfastly, devote yourselves, and some of the other translations, to prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So clearly there is this call toward constant pressure, constant attention, constant direction in the area of prayer. But then how, how then do we do that? How do we pray continually? How do we uh, apply ourselves in this way? What I want to do is uh, kind of look through and see, okay, how do we do that? So let's, let's unpack this devoting to prayer, right? Let's do, let's do that by thinking about the what of prayer, the when of prayer, the how, the, uh, 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 the who, and, and the where, okay? So I'm going to, you don't have to write that down, but I would encourage you to take some notes this morning. If you're not already taking notes, maybe take out your phone and open up a little spot to do that, or take out a piece of paper. I've already said this before, but hopefully you know this. There's a special jewel in, in heaven for you, for your taking notes. That is like, I don't know, I forget where. Um, it talks about that, but I know it's, I know it's going to happen. Um, God loves note takers, right? No, it does help you kind of take, take some notes. So what I would love is in these coming weeks that you would go back and reference this and think about this and, and kind of know some of these things that the practical um, in that, um, because here's the thing. We know this, like if I could just kind of uh, one more kind of preemptive uh, uh, why, why this is so important is because we know our needs are great. 
right? We need, we need help. Like not everything is awesome and we need some help and we know that God is great and that he is awesome and his help is available and he has given us the avenue of prayer to be able to go to him and he says that he's works through his prayers of his people and so we have been called to this where it's an obedience thing but it's also an opportunity that he has given us to respond to him and so that's why we are um, in this. So with all of that, let's talk about what prayer looks like. Let's begin with the what. Two words that I'd love for us to think about as we think about what prayer looks like. It's this, it's both structured and spontaneous. That prayer is both structured and spontaneous. And some of you could kind of put yourselves generally into one of these categories. Maybe you would consider yourself a structured person. Like everything kind of has its place. Like you like to color code and you've got lists and, and, uh, and, and labels and, and all of that. Others are a little more freeform. Like if something stays in the same place too long, you got to move it. Um, if something, um, you know, you do the same thing like for more than a, a year or something, you got to figure out something different. Like, you know, sometimes there's like this is this kind of personality coming out here. But here's the thing. When it comes to prayer, both structure and spontaneity are needed as we pray. And so I wonder, what would you kind of put yourselves in? Do you tend to pray sort of off the cuff and, and just kind of free flow, like kind of what, what, whatever kind of comes to your mind and, and just kind of speaking as you and I would? You know, I think most of our conversations are that way, right? I think most of the way that you and I interact, if, if I talk to you, like I don't come with like all these bullet points and some of that sort of stuff, but I certainly do. Uh, sometimes if I have an important uh, conversation or want to you know, make sure I cover everything or there's a few points, I might have, hey, I got three things I got to talk to you about, you know, and there's a little bit of structure uh, to that. But there are times when it is good to have structure to our prayers as well. So both are needed, both structure and spontaneous um, in this. And so for those of you that maybe would say, oh yeah, I, I, um, I don't have kind of that uh, structure in place, where would I look to find that? Um, there are several places that I would call structure helps that you can find some, some places for that. Because if we were gonna continue steadfastly in prayer, we need some help with this. How do we do it? Well, God has given us the first structure help has been his word, scripture. You can pray prayers that are there in scripture. Jesus himself modeled prayer for his disciples, right? It says uh, the disciples came to him and said, hey, teach us to pray. And he, uh, he said, when you pray, pray then like this and gave them a model prayer. Not that they would pray only those words and those words all the time, but that would be a model for them. But that's a good prayer to pray. Some of you maybe grew up in a sort of tradition or maybe in your family, that was a prayer that got prayed a lot, the Lord's Prayer, and you sort of know it. But those are good prayers to pray, the prayers that we see in Scripture. We just finished recently walking through the book of First and Second Thessalonians um, and we see in 1 Thessalonians a prayer by Paul for the church. He says this, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God, Father, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is describing his prayers for the church in Thessalonica to the people. And so this would be a great form. You could go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verses 2 and 3, and this would be a great prayer to pray for your, for your small group, to pray for your, um, your brother, your sister in Christ, that they, would, they too would be experiencing these things, that they would um, grow in their labor of love and steadfastness of hope, and so we can find some of the uh, form um, and the structure that we need in Scripture. 
I would encourage you to do this, um, to also pray through passages, like read some scripture, read a verse or two, then pray what that verse is about. Then read a few more verses, and then pray what that verse is about. Read a few more verses, pray what that verse is about. If you want to um, look at a teaching or sort of a book on this, Donald Whitney wrote a really helpful book called Praying the Bible. And some of you have come to our uh, prayer meetings, and you've seen, we've even done this corporately, where we use the Psalms or use Scripture to sort of inform and direct and shape our prayers. Even if it's not a prayer in Scripture, just praying about those things. And so you can read and it can say, you know, whatever it is, and if that jogs and sort of reminds you or you want to pray that for you or pray that for our church or whatever it might be to kind of use this back and forth through and from Scripture. I would encourage you as you read God's Word to respond in prayer to maybe set aside some time, read a chapter, read a book, read one of the letters written to the churches, and after you're finished, pray. Pray for those things to be true. Pray that God would shape you as a result of that. Pray that he would work those things out. Pray all of those things, that we would use Scripture to structure our prayers. Another help that we have is prayer lists. Lists can be really helpful. Again, some of you are naturally list people. You have lists for everything I would encourage all of you to make lists for prayer. Who are the people that you, have, that you are praying for? If you say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, write that down somewhere. Keep a list of the people that you said that you're going to pray about. But other things, situations, needs, maybe make a list of, of things that you see in your own heart that God's sort of placed on you that you need to grow in and that you need to develop in and that you would have a list of here's some things that I'm asking God to do in my own heart. And in my own life, lists help to shape and to structure the times of our prayer uh, together. Another help is uh, there's books, or I would add to this, um, you know, websites or um, apps or other things. There's, there's just a lot of resources out there. Um, I shared about this book um, in the first service called Operation World, and I was informed um, that I'm like way behind the times, um, and apparently it's been made into a website or an app or something, and it's updated constantly, which is awesome because I've bought multiple copies of Operation World. I haven't in a while, um, but I used to kind of pray through that, and I was like, as I was looking at this, I was like, oh man, I should go find that, and I didn't take the time to like look at what it was, and somebody said, yeah, no, it's actually, it's like a website now, and so it keeps it up in real time, and that's super helpful because our world is changing. What it is, is it tells about the needs and the, and the status of the, the church and, and these different um, countries and, and how you can be praying for believers across our world and, and some of the issues or things that, that different um, cultures and, and, uh, and nations and people groups are facing and, and to be informed in the way that you're praying. It's a fantastic resource. There's other books um, on prayer, like uh, one of my favorite books on prayer is uh, The Praying Life by uh, Paul Miller. Um, I've recommended that book many times before. It's super helpful, super practical, super encouraging. Even if you're terrible, if you would say, I am not great at praying, you read that book and you will feel encouraged in how and where to go next with your prayer. Another uh, great structure to our prayers is written prayers. Um, this uh, comes in book format, but I think you can certainly find it online as well. I have here, this is called The Valley of Vision. Um, this is written by a lot of old um, uh, dead uh, guys, um, and these are all Puritan prayers, and um, the language is pretty um, archaic and, and a little bit um, uh, arduous at times. Um, but here's the thing, um, is that even in the shape and structure and the words that it uses, it, it's, it's helpful to, to use some of these written prayers and to see some of the ways that, that, that God has shaped 
these, um, these hearts and the truth that he's shown them and the way that they sort of responded in prayer. And it gives language to our prayers in ways that you may not like typically pray. And it helps kind of expand our understanding of, of who God is and just all of the breadth and all of the ways that we can approach him in prayer. But um, this, is, this is a great um, little book. You can get it in um, you know, just paperback or like I said, I'm sure like most of them are available online as well. But um, to, to use some of these written prayers and praying some of those prayers as well. And then lastly, I think a great structure help for us is um, to have some patterns that we use when we pray. Um, some of you are familiar with the pattern, um, probably the most commonly known is Acts. If you've never heard of Acts, write this down. It's uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, giving praise to God for who he is, confessing, acknowledging your need for him and areas of your own shortcoming, and, and then thanksgiving, thanking God for the way that he has worked or the things that you've seen him do or his faithfulness or his character and who he is, and then supplication, that's a fancy way of just saying ask. When you bring your needs, your requests, the, the things that you would have him and desire him to do when you ask. See, that's a really helpful pattern. And so you, as you sit down to pray, could begin praying adoration. And move into confession, then thanksgiving, then supplication. It's a pattern to give some shape to your prayer. Another pattern that I like to use, and I've shared this one before as well, but um, praying in concentric circles. Um, I've heard this from several pastors. I think one um, that prim primarily that I first maybe heard this from was John Piper, but he talks about praying for um, your own heart and the gospel to be at work in your own life and your own soul and, and praying some scriptures and your needs and, and praying, you know, introspectively, like for me, God, would you work on me? Would you change me? Would you shape me? And then beginning to move outward in relationships. And so for me, it would be uh, next praying for my wife, Bree, and her needs and, and what God's doing in her and, and praying for her soul and for um, God's work in her life and then praying for my children. I have five of them. They all need prayer and, and to be intentional in that and then praying for my extended family, my parents, my siblings, and, and, and then praying for our church. I, I like to pray for our elders and then our staff and our leaders and, and, um, and then praying for you know, the church body and, and then praying for neighbors and praying for friends and praying for other people in ministry and missionaries and, and kind of thinking that these concentric circles going out. Some people say, well, what would I pray about you know, if I was to sit down and pray? You have so much to pray and bring before the Lord. Why? Again, because our needs are great, his power is greater, and he's given us this avenue to pray. And so we want to have some, some content to what we're praying. That's what this is speaking to, is the what. There, our prayers are both structured and spontaneous. So not just always off the cuff, but having some of that together. There's a lot of other patterns you could look to. The Lord's Prayer is a great pattern for prayer, praying things around those and toward those, but um, these are all structure things to help. So let me ask again, do you tend to be a little more formulaic in the way that you pray? Well, maybe you need to pray a little bit more off the cuff. If you grew up in kind of the liturgical setting, maybe it's like, man, I just, need to, I just need to talk to the Lord like he's here in the room because he is. I just need to speak to him and, and talk to him and share honestly what is on my mind, what he's doing and, and how I'm, I'm, I'm seeing these things. Or if you're just kind of always, always just sort of praying extemporaneously, spontaneously, maybe there needs to be a little more pattern to it, some lists, using some scripture, thinking about the pattern, all of that. Which, which one do you need more of? We need both. Both are necessary. Well, let's continue. Let's unpack this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, right? So we know the what of what that is. What is our prayer? How about when? When do we do it? 
It says steadfastly, continuing. So there's this idea of continuous and constant. But, but what does that look like? Well, the two words, or rather four words that I would use, are planned and impromptu and then short and long. Both have to do with time. Planned and impromptu, short and long. Let's talk about the planned and impromptu. When we pray, it is really good to have some planned times of prayer where you put it on your calendar, you make a plan, set some time aside, and, and, and do it. Other times, maybe something happens, situation arises, you have time that you weren't expecting, and there's a little bit more impromptu uh, nature of our prayers. Both are necessary. You know, if you think about your relationships, um, it's, it's sometimes it's helpful to kind of think about our relationship with God in the same ways of our relationships with one another. It's not exactly the same, right? But there's some shared characteristics and qualities. When I think about the relationship with my wife, some of the time that we spend together is, is uh, planned, right? We put some time on the calendar, we structure it. Um, other time is a little bit more impromptu. And um, it would be a really odd relationship if there wasn't both. Imagine I um, you know, give Brie a quick call, middle of the day, have a quick question for her. And I said, hey, I just got to run something by you real quick. Um, Want to get your thoughts on this. And she's like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? We are going to talk tonight at 6.30. You can save anything you have to say to me then at 6.30. And we will have all the time at 6.30. Then when we're done at 8 o'clock, we will wait till the next scheduled time to, you know, that's not how it works, right? Because there's like little kind of, you know, things back and forth. And, and, and similarly, if I said to her, I said, hey, you know what, um, we got this, uh, we got to sort through, you know, all the stuff that's coming up for school. We should probably make a plan for that. Like, when are we going to get supplies? We got to think through a couple of these things. Like, you know, we should, um, what if we took some time on Sunday afternoon and, uh, you know, I think we just, we need to take some time to discuss that. Whoa, 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 whoa. How, why, let's, why box it in, you know, and have a conversation? Like, why, why limit ourselves to that? Why don't we just kind of, you know, talk about it as we have to? Like, right? That's like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy because that's not how our relationships work. It's kind of both and, and it should be so with God. It should be so with God that there should be both planning involved in our time and some impromptu times as well. And so how about you? Are, do you only talk to God in times that are planned? Or do you only talk to God when the time pops up or when it arrives. So here's the thing, if you never plan, if you never plan to pray, then you will never have an extended time in prayer. It's really hard to have impromptu times that are extended. And we see that Jesus set aside time. He, he rose early in the morning. We see him also praying in the evening. We see um, these noontime prayers. We see prayers throughout the day. We see all of it throughout scripture. We see different examples of intentional setting aside that time of prayer. So I wonder, when is it for you? Do you have some scheduled time? It would be an amazing practice for all of us to kind of put some time on our schedule on a daily and weekly basis. Like when are the times in our week when we maybe pray for a little bit longer, right? Because that's the other part. Some of our prayers are longer, some of them are shorter. So maybe putting some time aside and we're like, you know what, I'm gonna pray a little bit longer on this day. Or each day, I'm going to spend 10, 15, whatever it might be, uh, minutes at the beginning of my day, or I'm going to spend some time at the end of my day, or I'm going to take some part of my lunch hour, or whatever it might be, however it works for you when I'm going to pray. Maybe you have a drive, and it's like every day I'm in the car for these 20 minutes, and so I'm going to take that time, and I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to pray during that time. Finding those times, setting aside those times, scheduling. But then also, 
in that scheduling, it's not just scheduled. There are these unpromptu, often short prayers throughout the day. You can call them arrow prayers if that helps you think about it, where you just sort of like pull back and, and shoot, right? Uh, Philippians 4, 6, God says this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The way that he makes this offer and this call to us to not be anxious about anything certainly certainly invites us to then bring everything to him. And so in the moment, something you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling like a little bit of stress about this or, or what, take it to the Lord. Say, God, would you calm my heart toward this? Or would you give me words to say? Before you have a meeting or, or a conversation, God, would you give me your grace in this? Would you shape this time in this? It can be as quick as like, you see the, the name on your phone. You're like, God, help me in this conversation. You know, and then you, you answer the call. Whatever it might be, if there are things that you need prayer for, then bring them to the Lord, both planned and impromptu, both short and long. I heard a statistic recently um, that pastors on average pray only five minutes a day. This was about pastors. That's not good. Um, I'm happy to report that I... Uh, I would say on average, I pay uh, a lot more than five minutes per day, but I would be lying if I didn't say that there were some weeks or some stretches of days where it is about five minutes. See, again, prayer is one of those things that likes to crawl off the table unless you're pulling it back on and putting it there that you need it in your life. How about you? If pastors are praying on average only five minutes per day, are you beating that? Or is that about common for you as well? You see, sometimes having some longer times, right? Those longer conversations. Again, if every conversation with my wife was short and impromptu, just texting, <laughs> right? Just checking in, just a little quick call. But no, sometimes we set aside time and we have conversations and we spend hours together and talk and discuss and the same should be true with our relationship with God. That yes, those little times, those little talks, those short, short things, that's great. But there should be some longer, some extended time together with the Lord, What's the longest that you've ever prayed? And would you be able to pray for longer? Try and lengthen that. Some of you, 15 minutes is about where you tap out. Well, maybe, maybe trying to, this year, this fall, grow that, spending more time with the Lord, engaging in some of this. Again, some of the structure, some of the intentionality will help with that. You're gonna find that there's plenty of things to pray about. It's getting comfortable with doing it. On the other side, if you only have a few minutes, take advantage of those times as they pop up throughout the day. The words that we see throughout Scripture, um, 2 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, pray without ceasing. Ephesians, Paul writing to the church, he says, pray continually, pray constantly for me in these things. There's this idea that we are always praying, that it should shape all the time, so both planned and prompted, both short and long, all should be present in us. Number three, write this down. We want to talk about the who of this continually steadfast in prayer. Who. Not the who we're praying to, but who we're praying with. And for this, the two words would be alone and with others. Alone and with others. You should have time. You need time where it's just you and God. Where you are by yourself I think it's best to have a place that you can um, even speak. We're going to get to this in a second, but, but to speak out loud. And so you don't feel nervous or sort of uh, um, like people are listening in on this conversation, right? 
um, like somebody's overhearing your conversation with God, there should be some freedom in that where you're alone and it's just you and the Lord. And so maybe that it happens with a walk or, or you, need to, um, you have a spot in your house. If you've got some closet that you can turn into a prayer closet and it doesn't have to be pretty, but if there's a little space that you can kind of get to where you're kind of all by yourself, I forget who exactly it was. I should have put it in my notes. I wasn't planning on sharing it, but it's such a good example of this that I, I shared it with the first, and I feel like you guys would be left out if I didn't share it with you. So um, one of the, I think it was one of the Wesleys, um, you know, the, God did some great revivals through them, but one of their wives, um, they had like, I don't know, like 15 kids or something, just, a, you know, a lot of kids. And so the house is crazy. And so where does she find time to be alone and to pray? Well, what she did is uh, she put um, into her practice um, that she would uh, kind of pull her apron up over her head. Have you heard this? Yeah. Well, she would pull her apron up over her head and the kids all knew if mom's sitting in the kitchen on the floor and her apron's over her head, it's quiet. We give mom her space. She's praying That's what she would do to get alone. And so inside that apron is where she spent time with the Lord. So whatever it might look like, right? The kids know, hey, I'm gonna pray. You're on your own. You know, throw some goldfish and just get after it. Like, just let let it go and then get some time alone. But here's the thing. It shouldn't only be alone. We are called to pray with each other. All those verses that I read where it says they devoted themselves. It wasn't individually. Together they were coming together and they were devoting themselves to the prayers with each other. And so if your prayer is only alone, you're missing out on it. And just to be clear, this isn't like advanced Christianity. This is the basics. This is where it starts. We are called to pray with each other. And I know for some of you, it's like super uncomfortable. You're just like, "I, I just don't feel comfortable praying with other people. I get that, I understand that. But here's the thing. If you wanna get better at praying with other people, do you know how to do it? Do you? Do you know how to get better at that? I'm gonna tell you, it's not going and praying more by yourself and in your room and in your prayer closet. If you wanna get better at praying with other people, ready for this, write this down, you have to pray with other people, okay? Like that's how you get better at it. And that's this is the best way. And so I remember when I was first praying with other people, it was like, I don't, I mean, this is kind of intimate. Like I'm talking to God and other people are sort of listening in and do I have to like pray in a way that encourages them or who's the primary audience? Listen, all that begins to fade away the more that you pray. In some ways, sometimes if you're not comfortable praying in front of others, those are some of the most authentic prayers that I hear is because all of a sudden you're not focused on all of this, but you're just praying to God. It's sometimes the professional prayers that are a little obnoxious sometimes, where they know all the phrases, right, and just how to kind of maneuver that thing and land the plane just right, and you're like, man, like they've got that praying down. And I think we can recognize sometimes the the difference between people who are really praying, that are talking to the Lord, and are thinking about the audience as their place of prayer. Was that too close? Was that a little bit? It's... Man, for me, I struggle with that. I'll be honest. Sometimes it's like, oh, no, I'm praying to God. I do that with my kids. I use like little kid words when I'm praying to God. I'm like, I don't need to use little kid words. I'm just going to pray to God and they can watch me pray, right? And they can hear that. I'm praying to God. He knows. He knows. And so you're not only alone, but with others. Who are you praying with? Well, pray with your church body. We're going to have some prayer meetings this fall. We're going to have some, we've done some Tuesday nights. We're going to continue that, um, but we're going to add some weekly stuff and, and just, there's going to be all sorts of different opportunities. We're going to have a prayer emphasis last week of this, this month, and we're going, to, we're going to have some times to pray together. Would you make that a regular part of your routine? Like it would be a fail to finish out this year and not come to at least a couple prayer meetings 
right? So that's, that's not just filler on the calendar. We're not just doing that like, oh, you know, we're a church. I guess that we need to. No, no. This is the most important thing that we can do is to gather and to pray if our church is going to do anything of value in us and in those around us, it's going to come through the prayers of his people. I was sharing with our, plan, our church planners some stories from our launch days, and I was reminded, watching these videos and seeing these pictures and some of the times, I was reminded of the desperation with which we were calling out to the Lord in prayer, and he was faithful, and he answered I think sometimes when we get settled into routines and, 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 and sort of the structure that we forget just how much we need it. And so let's do this together as a church body. Let's pray with one another, not just at prayer meetings, but in our small groups. My group is guilty of this as well. We were so excited to see each other. We hadn't been together in a few weeks, and so we were all catching up this week. And so prayer kind of got compressed to like just a few minutes at the end this week wasn't good, okay? I'm just, accountability, I'm sharing. So this week, or, well, not meeting this week, we're off this week. Um, it's still summer schedule, right? So next week when we meet, like the goal is, and this should be a good goal for all of us, that we would spend the last 30 minutes, or 30 minutes, it doesn't have to be the last 30 minutes, maybe, maybe you need to put it at the front to make sure it happens, but, but to spend 30 minutes together in our time together praying, like not talking about prayer, not sharing prayer requests, but actually praying. Would this be a major part of our time together? And would you be intentional not just to say, to tell people you're praying for them, but to actually pray for them? After the service today, ask somebody, hey, can I pray for you for something? And do it. Let's pray with one another. So it happens, we pray with others in our church body, but also in our family, spouses. How are you doing praying together? This is something that Bree and I have kind of gone back and forth on and tried to grow in. And again, just being honest, like it's sometimes our, our prayers together, regular prayers are not always the most consistent. We find it we're really good if there's a need or something kind of coming up, we'll, we'll, we'll pray over those things. But that ongoing regular prayer, are we praying with each other? Are we praying with our children? Are you modeling prayer for your kids? Do they hear you pray? More than just at the dinner table, that's great too. But sometimes, you know, do you take prayer requests, kind of go around and ask um, your kids or ask your kids, hey, what can I pray for you about? And, and, and maybe share your prayer request. Hey, you could pray for me for this. And then praying together as a family, doing that with your children. We want to pray with others. So the who, we're praying continuously, praying steadfastly, devoting ourselves to prayer. The who that we're praying with is by ourselves and with others. Well, what does it look like? How, how about the How? How we pray. Write this down out loud, written, and thoughts. That's the first sort of group. And the second, both speaking and listening. So, all three of this we want to pray out loud, we want to write prayers down, we also want to think some prayers, but then we also want to both speak and listen. This is one of the things that's so good about praying out loud in a place, or praying alone rather, in a place that you can be comfortable. I think it is so good to have as a regular part of your practice that you don't just think all your prayers, but you pray them with words. Even if it's a whisper, although I think raising and, and kind of projecting, praying fervently, praying with some volume is actually really good. But pray in a way that's intentional and concrete. Sometimes when we think our prayers, we just sort of like muddle through, like what are we actually even saying? Have you found that? Is that just me? I feel like I'm just being really, really transparent. So every time that I say something like that, if you just nod and kind of like agree with me, that's gonna, you know, I'm just, I'm just sharing all the ways that I'm not awesome at praying, okay? One of the reasons I told you this, I, I, God has been pressing into my heart over the last few weeks, months is like, I need to pray more, 
okay? And we need to pray more. Together as a church, like this is going to be the point from which everything else flows. If our prayer is not in order and if our prayer is not regular and our prayer is not fervent, nothing else really matters. This is the place for us. And so when we pray out loud, it gives, it gives, it gives structure to our prayers. It gives intentionality to our prayers. Sometimes I pray and I'm like, what am I actually praying for? What am I saying? When you say it out loud, it, it, it brings it to clarity. And so let's do that. Let's pray our prayers out loud. Maybe you want to write down a prayer so you can go back and review it later. Maybe there's a specific prayer that you want to pray for this season and time. Maybe write that prayer out and do that. We see these prayers written throughout Scripture, right? We see Paul writing down his prayer to others. Maybe you want to pray for somebody else. Write that prayer and give it to them, that you would encourage them through that prayer. It's a prayer to God, but for somebody else, and you can encourage them in that. But certainly, I also don't want to outlaw or say that you can't think prayers. That's okay, too. You know, if you want to pray in the middle of a conversation, or you want to pray in the middle of a situation, and you don't have the ability to pray out loud, or it might bring more, more kind of confusion to that if you just started kind of praying out loud in the middle of your boss's, you know, meeting with you. Like, it's okay to think prayers in that moment, all right? You can, you can think those. And he can hear your thoughts. It's not only the things that are coming out audibly that he can hear. He sees, he knows those meditations of your heart. And so it's okay to think those prayers. But here's the other side of it is as we're writing, as we're speaking, as we're thinking, that it's not always us doing all of the conversation. How are we doing with this? Is it a one-sided conversation with the Lord or is, it, is, there, is there both? Is there speaking and listening? You see, God, let's be clear about this. We believe that God he still is speaking today. He's still moving today. He's still teaching and leading us today. Now, don't expect, and I don't think, not that he couldn't do it, but it would be really rare to like, hear some audible voice, okay? I've never heard an audible voice, but I can tell you with certainty that God has spoken to me most often through his word. He'll bring a passage to mind or he'll bring a biblical truth to mind. And I always take it and I test it and check it against scripture. But if it aligns with his word, and it's leading, and you're praying about this. You're like, God, would you show me? Would you reveal these things to me? And then he does. That's him speaking to you. Would you listen to that? Part of what's going to need to happen to take place if you're going to listen is there going to need to be some silence in your prayer where you're not talking, where you're not writing, where you're not thinking, but you're just you're, you're, you're listening to what God said. In that, I would encourage you, fill that silence. Like listen to the, to the, as part of your prayer, like read God's word. Hear from him and the words that he's written and the things that he's said. He's expressed these things to us that we would hear from him. And so continue steadfastly in prayer that there would be some both speaking and listening. To be clear, God will never, ever contradict his word, okay? He will never contradict his word. And so we're not... We're not like coming with all these crazy words and crazy things and all this stuff. Test it. Look at God's word. Take it to a, a mature brother or sister and say, hey, I think God's kind of leading me in this way. Do you see this? Would you agree with this? Is this, is this? You think this is from the Lord? He leads us in these things, okay? We're not gonna get all crazy with that, just to be clear. And the last thing, where? Not so much the location, but where, where's the place of your heart where are you coming from in your prayers? I think these are three words that we can kind of come to the Lord from, praises, problems, and possibilities. We should approach the Lord from a place of praise. The question you can ask is, where do you see that God has worked? 
We can come to the Lord in times of difficulty with our problems. The question you might be asking is, where do you see God, the need for God to work? In times of difficulty, like, he, like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says both so as, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing that there's both this rejoicing and in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our difficulty. But also this, the possibilities. Where do you see the opportunity for God to work? What are you asking God to do? You see, I think this is a helpful place for us to start, that we would understand that not all of our prayers our wants and needs, not all of our prayers are just asking and, and, and bringing problems, but some of them are praising God for the things that he has already done, the way that he has already worked. What I want to do is we want to close our time today. We're going to respond in song in just a minute, but we need to be reminded of this, that all of this, the point of kind of starting with this how is because we have a real opportunity in front of us. God has made himself available to us. He hears the prayers of his people and he has said that he will respond. And so what we're doing when we're praying, we're praying to a God that is more than able to work in the situations that you and I face. And can we just remind ourselves of what power is there? Some of us spend and have, even this last week, we've filled it with striving and worrying and thinking and all of this when all the while it was available to us to stop and to pause and to go before the Lord and to ask that he who has the power to actually affect change in the situation, that he would do it. So that's where we want to go next. We want to talk about what is the purpose of our prayers. Why do we pray? What is it that we're praying for together as a church that we would just kind of return to and focus on this and be reminded of this? But let's do this. Let's close our service being reminded of the God that we are praying to. I'm going to pray as the worship team comes up. Let's pray together. God, what a gift. What a gift it is to be able to come to you, to open our mouth, God, to speak from our hearts and to know that you're listening and that you hear us. But more than that, God, that you are gonna respond, that you are working through our prayers. Lord, we, we, we praise you for the power that you have. God, we give you thanks for your willingness to care about the situations, the realities of our, our life and, and God, the things that are happening here in us. God, you are present and working. And so I pray that this would be an encouraging reminder for us today of all the ways that you've made yourself available to us. God, all the ways that you have allowed us to be able to devote ourselves to prayer, that we would do this, that we would take advantage of all of these. God, that we would be intentional in the way that we respond to you, that we would be reminded that you are listening, God, and you are working. So thank you. Thank you for the gift that prayer is. I ask for this for my own heart. I ask for that, this for the families of our church. God, I ask for this for us as a church body together that we would be growing in our willingness and our desire and our quickness to come to you in prayer because God, you are a God who has the power to move and to work and to answer. God, we believe that and so we wanna call out to you in that. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.